You know, uh, if you, you, you watch TV these days, the people who are doing adverts have become very creative. Um, for example, I like the, the adverts of uh, the cleaning materials, you know, the things that you clean in the toilet and that kind of a thing. Eh? Now, these days, you know, they do these graphics, you can see the gems, you know. Okay. And then, the reason why, the reason why they are doing that is because we can't see the gems with our naked eyes. Okay, but if you do those graphics, at least you, you know that there are gems which are very, very troublesome. And they make them very ugly. You, you saw them? Those gems, if, if, if you watch that. Okay. And also, another thing also which is just interesting is all of us, we have what you call thinking models. Okay, we think in pictures. That's why if I say the word car, you don't see C-A-R, you see an object called car. So that's, that's how we think. Okay. And sometimes we, we use uh, uh, wrong models. Ne? Sometimes we, we, we use wrong models. For example, uh, how of you, when you bath, you want a lot of foam? You know, the soap must make a lot of foam. Because you think more foam, more cleanliness. Okay? So that's... <laughs> and sometimes we can apply the wrong models in... Okay, no, it's, it's fine. Let's, let's not go, let's go too much into that. All right. I've put up some pictures here. Uh, there's a picture on the left and a picture on the right. You see that, ne? And I didn't, I didn't want to put pictures of women here. Okay? Because women are very sensitive about... about, about okay, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being sensitive myself. Just being careful. That's why I put men. Okay. Now, if you look on the men on the on the on the left, <clears throat> he has got six packs, isn't it? You you call it six packs? <laughs> or is it? Or is it, is it more? Okay. And then, if you look on the guy on the right, he's not looking very great. Okay. But uh, my reason for putting these pictures up here is not to teach about physical exercise. Of course, that's, that's good, isn't it? You know, we must exercise and that kind of a thing. If you have not <laughs> started exercising, but that's not the issue here. I'm, I'm saying to you, there are things which are spiritual that we cannot see. But for us to be able to see those things, they are represented physically. Okay. So now, if you look on the guy on the, on the, on the left, I mean, spiritually, he's a strong fellow. He's spiritually strong. Okay? And if you look at the guy on the, on the right, <laughs> you can see he has, a, he has a good time. The guy has a good time. But he's very weak. So if we can ask these two people to do some work, I mean, the right guy on the left will do a lot of work, and the guy on the right will just do a little bit of work, and he'll actually be tired. Okay. So, when you read in the book of Genesis, God said to Adam and Eve, the day you eat the tree in the middle of the garden, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. But we don't see them dying physically. Because that death was not physical death. It was spiritual death, which meant to be separated from God. But how else could God help them to see that, except that they saw themselves being naked? 
So now, the physical nakedness represented the spiritual nakedness. Basically, what actually happened there. Okay, now let's go to the next, the next one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now, for this one, I decided I'm, I'm putting women, eh? because it has nothing to do with physical beauty or anything of that effect. If you look on the picture on the left, what, what do you think about this lady? Is she, she is, she's, she's happy. She looks happy, isn't it? And the one on the right looks uh, sad, looks, looks sad, looks sad. Right. And by the way, did you know that uh, what makes us sad is not, are not the things outside us? but are the things inside us. I'm told that uh, uh, if you go to Cuba, that the Cuban women have the most positive body experience, body image experience than any other countries. And part of the reason is because they're not exposed to things like the, me the kind of media to which we are exposed. You know what I mean? If you... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've seen some of you on Instagram. <laughs> and you don't look very close to what, I, what I'm seeing when I'm coming on. <laughs> okay, let's not talk, talk much about it. So, we are not struggling with outside staff. The outside stuff tell us about what we have inside us. Okay. All right. And then for this morning, the topic which I want to talk about is do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You know, it's very easy to be, to be deceived. Uh, remember, to be deceived means that you are told a lie uh, or you believe a lie. That's basically what, what it means to be deceived. You, you, you think this thing is wrong when it is right. You think it is right when it is actually wrong. And the Bible says, don't be deceived. There's a scripture in the book of Corinthians, chapter 15, which says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And what it means is, don't be deceived. Don't think that you can be friends with bad people and you are going to become good. Don't be deceived. Never, never believe that. Because bad company corrupts good morals. And then maybe we must overemphasize this to our, our young people. You know, where you are going to be in life, your destiny in life is determined by the kind of friends that you keep. Be careful about the kinds of friends that you keep. And by the way, we're not talking these days just about physical friends. We're talking about the time that you spend on social media. Instagram has become some people's friends. When they are bored, they feel down, they, they call Instagram. Instagram, come to my rescue. Or Twitter. Or Facebook. That company that you keep, the Bible says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals.
So it's our responsibility to make sure that we keep good company because good company will actually help us. So it's important that we, we need to understand that don't be deceived. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. For God cannot be mocked. Okay. And what does it mean? God cannot be mocked. You see, you, you cannot disprove what God has put in place. I mean, it's like, if you want to mock God and you say, you know, me, I don't believe in, 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 in the force of gravity. I'm just going to stand on top of a 20-story building and I'm just go to go, I'll, I'll, I'll just hang in the air, you know, because I can mock God. What he has put in place, I can change. Okay, I wish, I wish next week you could come to a wedding I'm going to preach at because there's something I'm going to preach. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. All right. So, God cannot be mocked. What he said will always happen. What he said will always be true. You know, sometimes uh, people do wrong things and they get away with it and they think that they can do it again and do it forever. Somewhere along the line, he's going to catch up with you because God cannot be mocked. And a man reaps what he sows. Okay. So you can't reap grain and then get pumpkin. Now, if you want pumpkin, you reap, you sow pumpkin. That's basically what you do. And can I just say this quickly also, just in passing? You know, there's a problem that we have in our society, in the, in the church in particular, uh, we've got children of parents who are saved and those children go completely wayward. Okay? And then what I want to say, and this is very important, my brothers and sisters, okay, I'm not talking to the young ones, I'm talking to the ones who have children. Okay? It's very important that we sow the right kind of fruits in our homes on a daily basis. That our children see us worshiping God through our actions at home. Okay? Because sometimes I can be a good preacher here, but at home, I'm a passive father. You know, all, you know here I'm, I really pray. I pray. I pray very hard. Everybody can see that I'm praying. I preach. I preach very hard. And at home, all my children see, they just see a, a man who's just watching TV and then getting angry when his team loses or something to that effect. <laughs> okay. So let's reap. Let us sow what we want to reap. All right. Let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And remember, God cannot be mocked. Eh? What he said will be true. And then here we're just talking about the facts of life. Jesus gives us the facts of life. He says, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. That's a fact. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. Okay, that's a very interesting story of the, of the bramble bush, if you read in the book of uh, Samuel. Ne? Okay, but we, we listen to what we're talking about here. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. 
So remember, tre the treasure is where you store things, isn't it? Okay? So a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, so those things are stored there, he brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So, you know, sometimes we want to say to people, no, 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 don't, 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 don't speak that way. No, 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 don't, don't say those things. No, 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 we don't need to fix the words. We need to fix the treasure. We need to fix the heart. If the heart is not right, the words are not going to be right. Okay. So, when, you know, and, and, and this is our, our problem, isn't it? I mean, that we want to fix the outside without dealing with the inside. And Jesus Christ, at that time, he, re, he was rebuking the Pharisees about that. That, you know, they, they look like these beautiful graves, but inside are, are, are bones, you know. And then they, they wash the, the cup dish outside, but inside is dirty. So what you need to be doing is dealing with the heart. Uh, we don't want you to behave yourself. Remember, this concept of behaving yourself is, ah, man, there are people here, behave yourself. You know, behave yourself. Children, <laughs> the, 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 the visitors are coming. You must behave yourself. Okay. And what I'm trying to say is, no, put up a show. You know, <laughs> like my children used to say when they were young, you do and you do tell and show. You know, tell and show. Come, come and do tell and show. So what we need is a good heart. We need good things stored in that heart, and the behavior will follow uh, as a result. Okay, let's look at what the Bible says about the works of the flesh. And, you know, in the Bible sometimes there are some concepts which can confuse you if you're not very, very careful. Okay? Okay, let's talk about this, this too quickly, and then I'm going to talk about this one. You know, there's a place where Jesus says... Uh, don't do your good works before people so that you can be seen by them. Okay? And there's another place where he says, you must do your good works so that people can see. And then you can get confused about that. Okay? So, the word flesh in the Bible can mean two things. Okay? Sometimes flesh means we are flesh and blood. This is flesh and blood, isn't it? it, it the flesh can refer to the body. All right? Sometimes it refers to what we refer to as the human nature or the evil nature. Okay. And where, where did we get the evil nature or what is called the human nature? Back to Adam and Eve again. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were separated from God, they developed a new nature. They had a new nature which was given, which, which they inherited now. They were separated from God and that nature is called the flesh or the evil nature or, or human nature. Okay. So here, when you talk about the works of the flesh, we're talking about the works of the human nature of the evil nature. We're not talking about the works of the body. Is that correct? Okay. So, and let's, let's get that right. You know, and when you read, just make sure that you, you are sure whether here we're talking about the body or we're talking about the the, the human nature. And you know, as a result of that, this misunderstanding, sometimes people would, you know, there was a time in the, in the church 
where, where people thought that the body was bad. You know, you had to put it through trouble, you know, and make sure that you put it down and, 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 and so forth and so on. And, you know, you can do what you like with your body if you have not dealt with the problem of the flesh. Because the problem is not, is not, is not the body. Okay, okay. Now it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. They are clear. In other versions, it will say they are obvious. They are the following. These are the works of the flesh. And unfortunately, often they're not the flesh, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment. The flesh uses the body to accomplish whatever it wants to accomplish. Is, is that correct? And that, maybe that's where the, the confusion is. So the flesh can control us or we can be controlled by the spirit. So if we're controlled by the flesh, we do the works of the flesh. If we're controlled by the spirit, we do the, we have the fruit of the spirit. Okay, let's check that. These are the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbreaks of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Actually, I was a little surprised that heresies is actually part of this list here. Heresy means wrong teachings. Eh? They are works of the flesh. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you, as I told you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And don't be deceived and think, uh, I can do these things and then inherit the kingdom of God. Because God cannot be mocked. So that's what, what Paul says there. All right, let's check uh, what the Bible says also about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's very interesting here, the Bible doesn't say the fruits. Okay? It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the, this fruit of the Spirit has different manifestations. But it's one fruit. Okay? And remember... Uh, something which is important, the difference between the, the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh, not... Okay, let, let me put it this way. There's nobody who's doing everything there in the works of the flesh. I mean, you, most of the you don't find somebody who's fornicating and it's all... The, some, some people do one or the other or two or three of those things. Okay? They don't, they don't do all of them. I don't know if, if you follow... What I'm, <laughs> I mean, you, that person will be very bad, you know, if you do all those things in that list, okay? So you, you may do one or two or three or whatever, okay? But, but don't, okay, <laughs> right. So I just, I just wanted to do, don't, I wanted to say, don't do too many of those ones. <laughs> okay, so but somebody can do one or two or three or, you know, okay, or none, or none, okay? Now, but, but, but the fruit of the Spirit it's one fruit and many manifestations. So somebody who has got the fruit of the Spirit will do everything which is contained in the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, now let's check what is the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, 
Faithfulness. Uh, Palestine talked about faith and faithfulness. Okay, faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. And very interesting what Paul says here. Against such, there is no law. Do you know that Paul, when he writes to Timothy, he says to him, the law is not made for good people. The law is made for bad people. The Bible says that. If we are good, we don't need laws. I mean, for example, in this church, we are so good. Do you know of any, do you know of any laws, any laws when you come here? I, do you know any, any law, any law that we have put on you? There's no law. But as soon as you start misbehaving, if you go to a place where people misbehave, the laws are many. We start with one law, and then we go to the second law. We go <laughs> to the, and that's why if you go to organizations where people want to use and abuse authority, you'll find many policies. Somebody was saying, you know, in this organization, we've got so many policies. Very long, not very long, we're going to have a policy of going to the bathroom. So many policies. When we operate through the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law. Because, I mean, what law do you need if you, are, if you are good, if you are peaceful, if you are faithful, if you are gentle, if you have self-control? What law do you need? Against this, there's no law. And then, but now, if the reason why in South Africa we have the police, we have the courts, we have the prisons, is because of the works of the flesh. That's why we need those laws to deal with those things. Oh, you do fornication? Oh, there's a law against that. If you, etc., etc. But for the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law. All right, let's continue. Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 16. The Spirit and the flesh. Let's talk about that quickly. Paul says here, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And you see, he doesn't put the cart before the horse. He doesn't say the other way around. He doesn't say, uh, you know, not, not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. No, no, he says, walk in the spirit. Everything will be taken care of. So, what we're saying is, when we are born again, when we are saved, when God gives us the spirit, then all of a sudden, we don't have to worry about the works of the flesh because they will be taken care by themselves. It's basically what, what it says. Verse 7, it says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, let's look further. In Galatians chapter 6. Shaka, are, we, are you with me? Okay. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, now it talks about pleasing the flesh. It says, whoever sows to please their flesh. Remember, a man will reap whatever he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. 
Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And verse 12, Paul says, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. And you know, the greatest danger that we can fall in in life in general is if we want to become men pleasers. You know, we want to put an act. And we have a big problem in the black community. You know, the poorest of the poor families, if somebody dies in that family, they, they, they will be talking, you know, there will be talks like, you know, these people must not think that we are poor. Okay. We, we, we will show them. We'll go to the Mashonisa, you know, and, and bury our person with, with dignity. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then when our children go for a trip or something and we don't have the money to buy that to weave or whatever the case may be that they are demanding, then we go to the machinist. Because about what are And you know, if, if you can fall into that kind of a trap, you don't live your life anymore. You give your life over to other people who don't even like you for that matter. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, remember, we are flesh and blood, but we are dealing with spiritual issues. We are, but the Paul says we are of the flesh, we are in the flesh, we are in the flesh, we are in the body, but we are not of the flesh. Okay? Okay, and let's look at some of the things that we talked about here. Remember, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he says, for, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against human beings. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. That is what our struggle is about. So your struggle is not against your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, about the friends of your, of your, of your husband or the friends of your wife, it's, it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And the background of Second Corinthians chapter 10, uh, the, the Corinthians, you know, they, had a, they, give, they gave Paul some difficult time, some time, and they were saying, you know, Paul, when he's in our midst here, he's just weak, you know, he's a weak man. And then, but in his letters, he's very strong and so on. And then Paul was writing to them, you know, in response to that. And he was saying to them, you know, you think that uh, we are operating according to the flesh. You know, you think that we are operating according to the world standards. No, this is my position. This is my education. This is my money. This is my knowledge. And Paul says, that's not how we are operating. We are operating in the power of God. That's, that's what we are doing. And he was saying, you, you want to make the things of this world and the achievements of this world more important than the power of God. And he was saying to them here, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And remember, the word carnal can also be used for flesh. The word, we talk about carnality, is meaning living in the flesh. The word carnal also means flesh. But he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not human, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
And you know, there's a thing in the church called spiritual warfare. You know, and that thing can be taken to another extreme. And you know what? When you do spiritual warfare, ne? and you do it on your own, let's just give you the bad news. Ne? You cannot defeat the devil through your own effort. Okay. Because some people believe, you know, I must pray at 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay, and, and let's talk about this quickly. In this, in this church, we promote prayer. Okay, and let's, let's just emphasize that. We, we are saying to every member, please pray at home. You know, every day. The Bible says that pray without ceasing. Let's pray at home. Okay. And we're saying, we're also offering you an opportunity to, for corporate to prayer or to pray together. Okay. We're praying together here on Wednesday, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Please come. We're encouraging you. And then Tuesday morning, 5 to 6, there's a prayer also, WhatsApp prayer. Okay. Please join. Uh, there's a WhatsApp thing here. All right. Thirdly, Sunday morning, half past eight, at the back of the church, we are praying. Okay. No, I just have to say that we like prayer here. We are promoting prayer. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. But we do not rely and depend on our prayers. We rely and depend on the God to whom we pray. All right. Because some people will say, you know, this morning things didn't go well for me because I didn't pray in the morning. How about two and then, and then you must pray at five o'clock. <laughs> I attended a function of, my, of one of my former teachers. He was telling us about his wife that, you know, he says my wife is, is praying, you know. And then he says now they used to pray at four o'clock. Now they've added another one at one o'clock. And he says, no, Bishop, please ask them to stop. You know, this is too much, you know. <laughs> uh, let's pray. Let's be prayerful but let's not depend on our prayers. Okay. I mean, some people, if, if you are sick in the hospital, you, are, you, you can't pray, it means your God can help you. Our God can help us any given time because the Bible says the one who looks after us, he doesn't slumber, nor does he sleep. He watches over us all the time. Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying to you is, when we talk about spiritual warfare, please don't start a new thing. Now, let's look at what the Bible says about the armor of God for spiritual warfare. What do, what do we need to do to be strong in the Lord, to be strong spiritually? Ephesians chapter 6 says, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And what it says is, don't be strong, you know, I want to be strong in myself. And everybody must see that I'm strong. You know, we have this problem, for example, in some Christian churches, if you lose a, a member of your family, somebody dies in your family, they say, no, be strong. Don't cry. Be strong. You can't be strong when you are crying, when you've lost a family member. Don't be, don't be strong in foolishness. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is all what you need. You don't need any, you know, uh, merry-go-round, you know, something new, uh, you know. We, no, this is, this is enough. And the Bible says in the book of Peter, through his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. So you don't, you don't need to go around, you know, looking for a new prophet or somebody who must actually do something. Or What we have in the gospel is enough. Praise the Lord. All right, let's finish by this one here. Uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. And remember, don't be deceived for God cannot be mocked. So the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So, and John said something very, very important this morning about the Holy Communion. It's not a ritual that we just go through casually. It's a remembrance of the fact that Jesus Christ came to die. And remember, the, the reason why Jesus came to die is because of this flesh problem. Because you can't solve the problem of the flesh on your own. Jesus is the only answer to the flesh problem. So if and when we find Jesus, then we are able to stand against the flesh. We are able to overcome against the flesh. But on our own, we have seen that education cannot help you. Wealth cannot help you. Nothing else can help you. The only thing that can help us to overcome the flesh and live the life in the spirit is only when we have found Jesus. And he's the only one the worship team can, can come to the fore. And remember, you know, we've, we've said this many, many times as we're preaching the gospel. The reason why Jesus didn't die in heaven, that he came on earth, is to come and solve the flesh problem. Is to come and solve the sin problem. And the sin problem was not in heaven, it was here on earth. Adam and Eve fell here on earth. And that's why Jesus Christ came. So this morning, I'm appealing to you, if you have not found Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because that is the only solution that you have. May God bless you.